You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Last episode of Sacks in the Basement, I told everybody that we were going to be flipping to a flexible release schedule because it feels like on Tuesdays, the White Sox always release big news. And then we have a show out that gets old like right away. So we were going out on Wednesday and Saturday this week, and we'd be doing that a lot. We could always move up if something happened on a Monday. And lo and behold, Ed, immediately on a Tuesday, there's huge news. Some of the biggest news that the White Sox have put out there in decades. And what's crazy is we've already recorded the show. We had we recorded a really good show too. I was excited about our show. Yes, it was a good show. Like we I had plans for Tuesday night. Ahsoka, two episodes. I'm a Star Wars nerd. Like I had a whole plan. I went and interviewed a guy for Southside Pod all about making brisket and pulled pork. He did a whole demonstration for the show and then gave me a tray of barbecue. And then I brought it home, and my plan was to sit there and watch the premiere. And I just had to finish up some interviews for other shows on the network. And we had already finished Socks in the Basement. And then the news breaks. And normally I would be aggravated that after I had recorded a show and edited a show that I had to go back and redo the whole thing. But I can't wipe the smile off my face right now. No! I have goosebumps while I sit here understanding that at long last, the reign of terror that was Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams has been swept out of the front office. And I know people are nervous that Jerry Reinsdorf is going to go internal, but I don't think so, and we're going to get into that on this show. We got James Fox from Future Sox who texted me and said, please let me come on to be a part of the celebration on Sox in the Basement. Which is, of course, brought to you by our proud sponsors, Cork and Carey at the park in the shadow of the ballpark at 33rd in Princeton, an award-winning menu of burgers and ballpark favorites, an extensive bar with a rotation of craft beers, familiar favorites, spirits and wines, the place I took my little guy this Monday night, just before the game. I got him a grilled cheese, a couple of pops. The waitresses were really nice. He sat in the high table. He felt like a big guy. It's a great place for the family before the game, get over their post game as well. See them at 33rd and Princeton and see more at corkandcarry.com. And, and you know, I, I wonder with the news of Kenny and Rick being fired, if it was the post of my poor, sad eight-year-old sitting in an empty section on Monday night that like people were sharing all over social media. Like my wife was like, did you make our eight-year-old go like a little viral on the White Sox Twitter? And on the Facebook and the Instagram, I said, I, I guess it happened. Like, he struck a chord with people. I would love to think that that somebody showed Jerry that, and he said, that's the last straw. Look at the sad look on that kid's face. Called those two into the office and fired them both. No, that's that's no, that's no, not what happened at all. No? No, no. He, he got some sort of a report from the ticket agents that said, uh, here's what's going on with all of our season ticket holders, and they are... They're running away in droves, and um, it doesn't look good for you for next year. And then he called them in and went, 
You're costing me money. You're gone. Well, I think for a lot of the reasons that we talked about on the episode that will not air today, but I think we will air it on uh, the next release of Sacks in the Basement, or at least part of it, because there's a lot of good stuff. Us picking apart this whole idea that the White Sox could leave Chicago and they want they want a new stadium. And we really got into it and we called back to the way that Jerry did that the first time back in the 80s. And it was like all of a sudden we were in a time warp. But we brought up the minority shareholders do have a voice when they are united. And I do think you're right. I think the prognosis, looking at how the season ticket holders were reacting, looking at how, and, and I'm telling you, the minority shareholders weren't happy. They, they don't want to deal with this mess. It's going to cost them money. And if you get a united front and then you had these so-called interviews that were happening where Jerry Reinsdorf was the guy who was leading them, and, and we surmised it could also be him meeting with people that have a 4% stake in the team and talking about what they want for the team he finally made a decision. The wheels have been turning, I think, for the last week or so. And somebody asked me, why do you think this didn't happen before the All-Star break or before the trade deadline? I don't think the owner really wanted to fire them. But I think public pressure, and I think maybe those minority stakeholders in the team, if it was a united voice, finally got him to realize that no matter if he thinks Kenny Williams is like a son to him, which he put in the statement when he fired him, yeah, he had to get rid of these guys because he was losing his fan base forever. Like there were people who reacted on the radio all afternoon on Tuesday when they were doing call-ins on the, on the, on the score and on ESPN 1000 and they were Sox fans. And you know what their reaction was? Take the team to Nashville. I don't care. Like that, that, that was the prevalent response of White Sox fans today. It wasn't, oh my goodness, I don't want to lose my team. It was like, until he dies, nothing's going to change. So go ahead and take him. And then he fires these guys by the end of the day, effective immediately. Like they got a box and they were, they were led to the door. I mean, I, 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 I want to believe that security gave them a cardboard box and walked them to the door. Because wait, wait, did Kenny Williams get a cardboard box big enough for Daryl Boston and Larry Garcia? <laughs> oh, poor Daryl's done. Daryl, get the apartment up for sale, big guy. Yeah, you're not going to survive anymore. Your ex-roommate's no longer in charge. You're out. And Kenny Williams Jr. better get his resume ready as well because there's no way that an ex-football star belongs as the number two guy in player development. There's going to be some changes over there. They're not going to fire everybody. The new guy that comes in is going to be doing that, and I think it's glorious. This can't be understated as as to just exactly how unexpected this is either because there was really nothing necessarily to be gained by firing them right now. Like you said, the trade deadline's passed. The draft is passed. And really what you're doing is you're giving the next guy – and, and the bottom of the press release, it says the White Sox will begin a search for a single decision maker to lead the baseball operations department and anticipate having an individual in place by the end of the season. What really what he's doing is he's saying, I've got about a month and a half, really, you know, six weeks of the season left to get somebody in place to hit the ground running the moment the World Series is over. And I think if it's Getz or Haber, he's announcing that in the press release. He's at least announcing them as the interim. Well, and that's that's very telling too. Okay, because right. Chris Getz is not a single decision maker. He was a cog in the wheel. Okay, Haber, you're right. He, you know, he's another cog in the wheel. He's looking for a guy. And now, okay, Theo Epstein's not coming here. By the way, just everybody get that out. Yeah, I don't minds. think that's happening. 
No, that's not happening. But you're looking for a guy with that kind of, you know, that kind of credentialing. And you okay? can hire from other teams. You can hire away from other teams in season. It happened with the Tigers last year, if I'm not mistaken. So don't feel like don't feel like it has to be internal or it has to be somebody that isn't in a position in a front office. They can grab from other front offices because this is this is going to be a president of baseball operations. This is going to be a promotion in title over what most general managers in baseball have. If he's got somebody in mind or he wants to go in and poach somebody from an organization, he can gladly do it while in season. So that like that's the thing. This does not have to be internal. And, and to be honest with you, watching some beat reporters push the guys who are still left over like Getz and Haber, you wonder if those guys are friendly to that beat reporter because wouldn't that beat reporter love to keep them around because they get information from them and wouldn't they love to see that guy promoted? That doesn't mean that that's actually happening. I think he goes external because this was so sudden and it was so direct. It wasn't they're going to finish out the season. It wasn't that they're going to help me uh, you know, work out the next guy or help me with the search. It wasn't that they were moved to another position within the organization. They were scraped out of the organization violently, quickly, and without any, any thought that they could even be around tomorrow. It's effective immediately, and the timing is so weird. Something broke. There was like a push-comes-the-shove moment, and the old man made the right move finally. Right. Like, I like, here's the thing. It is one of my happiest days. It's it's literally the happiest day that I've had since they went out and won a World Series. Isn't that isn't that just an awful thing, though? We're sitting here saying the happiest day as a White Sox fan is when the the, the, the only general manager in White Sox history to bring a World Series in the modern era fired from his job as the president of baseball operations and his his one time assistant who was. GM, you know, was, was executive of the year at one point is also fired. And it's because the team has become so moribund. And I love that word. It is such a moribund franchise that the happiest thing we can say is that those two guys are gone and gone effective immediately. This actually represents hope. I just think it's really funny that Kenny Williams was showing around Bill Cower a week or two ago, and we called it. There's a guy who goes in and identifies leadership issues. Kenny didn't even know that he was being evaluated. Think about that for a minute. Meanwhile, uh, you know, there was the news that Jerry Reinsdorf uh, wants a new stadium or a better lease, or we're going to get into it again on the next episode of Socks in the Basement. But if he's looking to switch to a new age of life as he gets older, maybe he needs some improvements on the current field, right? You know, you can keep mom and dad, grandma and grandpa out of assisted living. And you can also keep Jerry Reinsdorf out of there. You can make it so he can get around the ballpark on his own and live independently with stair lifts, ramps, grab bars, lift chairs, and even bathroom remodeling at Hyatt Home Medical Equipment. They're going to work with your insurance. They have 0% financing for qualified individuals, although I think Jerry could swing just paying in cash. Uh, But they're going to work with you if you need that for mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, yourself. And uh, they're also going to give you a discount if you mention socks in the basement. If you want the latest in CPAP machines, they have it. And you can test it out in their showroom. They have testing rooms. They also have the latest and greatest in continuous glucose monitors. Learn all about them at hhme.com or stop in and see them today. 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Hyatt Home Medical Equipment. Joining me on the phone line right now, our good friend, one of the original guests on Socks in the Basement five years ago, a guy who I have debated back and forth in private 
and on this show over whether or not they're going to remove anybody from this front office. And uh, he was one of the first text messages that I got while I was, my phone was going off and I was in the middle of an interview with somebody else and I didn't know what was going on on a Tuesday uh, late afternoon. And then I get uh, James Fox and uh, with an expletive and just, just, he couldn't, couldn't even believe it. He was like, you could, I could tell the giddiness in your text, James. How are you? Oh man. What a day that, that is. <laughs> so, you know, I had a feeling, you know, and like we heard like, you know, like at the deadline and like the way Han was talking and like, look, I, I thought there was going to be some sort of change. Right. And I think it all kind of revolved around Ken Williams because it's kind of like, look, if Kenny's really retiring soon, like, like you can't really hire a GM to work under Kenny, right? Like well, the logistics of this whole thing were weird, but then it's like, okay, well, Jerry's never going to do this. Now, the one thing a couple days ago when Bob Nightingale released the details of Han's contract, right? I kind of raised my eyebrows at that because they're so sensitive about like management contracts, right? They never tell you because they don't want us putting it together and they don't, you know, like lame duck years are huge things in sports, right? So as soon as I heard that Rick Hahn's contract was up at the end of next year, I'm like, yeah, this is this is over, at least for him, right? And they, they wiped out the whole thing. They did it right. I've come on this show and my own show and others, and I've said many not-so-great things about Jerry Reinsdorf. And you know what? Like, I meant all of them. And, like, he's the one that got us in and, you know, got us into this mess. So, you know, he has to, like, get every, you know, get everybody out of it. But at least, like, he's doing it. He deserves credit for this, even though people are going to say, oh, it's too late or he's just going to hire the wrong person. But, he, you know, he, if I'm going to criticize the man, like, I have to, like, give him credit, too. And this is, this is the right decision right now. You were on top of the idea that Reinsdorf was conducting the interviews. You retweeted Bob Nightingale saying that, that Jerry Reinsdorf was having interviews or that there were interviews within the White Sox organization. And you were quick to point out what you were hearing was this was Jerry running it. It wasn't Jerry and Kenny. So it, that that kind of led to this. It really was Reinsdorf making this decision on his own and looking at somebody who he described in the press release who he feels like a, it's his son in Kenny Williams. He had to let him go. He had to let Rick Hahn go. And now you see people trying to say, well, look at uh, Jeremy Haber and look at Chris Getz. But I've already seen you like go back at that saying, wait a minute, hold on a second. Why would they do that now? They probably would have just put that in the press release. You don't think they're going internal here, do you? I would be stunned. This, this, this seems like an outside hire, especially when you're going to do it right now. Like, if you wanted to do the Chris Getz thing, you just wait and you let Han and Kenny ride the season out. And then at the end of the season, we find out that they both get golden parachutes and Chris Getz is taking over. That's not what this is. You do this now because you want to do a real search. Now, does he have somebody in mind? Maybe, right? Like, th- there might be some candidate that he knows he can get in three weeks from now. It's announced, right? But I'd be stunned if this is internal. And look, you can't fire everyone right now because somebody has to do the day-to-day like somebody has to send relievers down to charlotte and you know decided dfa elvis andrews to play lenin sosa like i wouldn't read too much into those guys sticking around but you know the one thing the big thing on the press release that says that they want to hire a single decision maker like that is like it should be music to everybody's ears because what have we said about this team forever chris 
Like, we had no idea who was in charge of this team. And look, now the podcasts are already coming out. And I saw some snippets from the, you know, the Comcast one or the whatever, the NBC Sports one, where those guys are, like, unloading all these thoughts that they've been holding on to for years now. So, you know, like, all of this stuff's going to come out about who was running what and doing what, and it was nonsense for years. And that's why, yeah, like I've said it, like, you need to hire a president of baseball operations. And then you let that person hire whoever they want. And like, that's the way to do this. And, you know, it's the right way to do this because you can almost get two monster hires. Like you could hire a current GM as your president of baseball operations. And then that person can hire whoever somebody's assistant GM or scouting director as your new GM. And then it's like a totally brand new front office. Like, you know, it just, it seems like that's the way to go here. And honestly, like, and maybe I'm naive. I think it actually might happen. James Fox of Future Sox sitting here with us on Sox in the Basement. He's brought to you like every guest of the show by the village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, explore. See everything going on this weekend and beyond at LamontDowntown.com. I, I, I see everything that happened this week, and it's almost as if something was happening behind the scenes where the minority stakeholders had finally kind of unified in a voice and asked Jerry Reinsdorf what he was going to do. Like it was, it was so quick from having the internal meetings to saying, I got to start working on my stadium deal, which was just such a weird time to do that. And then before that 24 hours was over, you launch Ken Williams and, and Rick Hahn. And, and now you're going to sit there and you're going to, and you're going to go into a search. And I think a lot of people are nervous that this search can't be done properly because it's in season and he's already said he wants to have somebody by the end of the season. Can you kind of calm people's fears over that? Because I've seen people already saying, well, he's only got like six weeks here. So either he's got somebody in mind or he won't be able to really pluck off another team, but he can pluck off of other teams in season, right? Absolutely. And and I think I tweeted it like, so Scott Harris, you know, was, he's a former Theo Epstein, like guy with the Cubs and he kind of bounced around a little but he was named the general manager of the uh, the San Francisco Giants over Farhan Zaidi like years ago. Well, the t- he was the Giants GM last year, and the Detroit Tigers hired him as their president of baseball operations last year on September 19th. So, yeah, look, I mean, you know, like I've seen this stuff on Twitter now, like Dave Dombrowski, right? Like that's probably not happening, and like I don't think that would be a good move anyway. Like he's the sitting president of baseball ops of the Phillies. That seems really unlikely to me, but I mean, somebody's current GM that has like a president above them. You could absolutely go hire somebody like that right now. Like I've seen the, the Kim Ng like rumors and mentions, right? Like she's the GM in Miami and her contract supposedly expiring. Now, if they make the playoffs, like, can you do that? I don't, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, like there are plenty of candidates of, you know, people who are GMs across baseball who are qualified for this job. And I would imagine that they'll talk to many of them. The one thing that I'd like to know, you know, that might come out is who's going to help Jerry with this. I mean, I do like that. It's like, you know, his company and he's taking the reins and, and deciding to do this, which is good. But look, he probably does need some help, right? Like, well, hopefully it's not Tony. You don't think Tony will come back in, right? Or at least help him. I mean, I don't really mind him getting Tony's opinion, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, like, I just, I just don't, I don't know. I I don't know if like who hands the list of people to Jerry, 
right? Because, like, look, Jerry, he can go in a room and interview people and hire the best guy, but how does he know who to interview? That That's, like, I guess, you know, probably, like, the biggest question that I would have. A new person gets in there. How much do you think they shake up the front office once they get in there? Because you would think if they hire from outside the organization, that person comes in and maybe kind of looks around and says, okay, this person, this person, you have to go right away. But then everybody's getting evaluated, right? For like the next six months to a year, you'll see turnover, I would think, over the next year or so within the White Sox as they learn, as that new person learns who's valuable and who can't scout anybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not right away. I mean, you you can't change on everybody right away. And I think, look, I think it's, you've had a lot of jobs as we've talked about, right? Like if if you were ever the person in charge, I don't think you go in and fire everybody, but I think everybody's on notice, right? For sure. So look, I've talked extensively about, like, I think Mike Shirley's really good at his job. And I think if he gets to interview with a new guy, like I wouldn't be surprised if he remains in that role. Now there's other guys like pro scouting needs to be revamped and even look like, We've talked a lot about Marco Patty. I don't know if the Marco Patty operation is the Marco Patty operation or him working under Jerry or under this front office. So who knows? Like if there's a change there, here's my thing. Like if you hire, you know, the GM or assistant GM of the Dodgers or whatever, that's your new baseball boss, you got to kind of let him do whatever he wants, I think. So if some of these guys, even that you like or think are okay, end up being collateral damage throughout that process, I think you, I think you just deal with it and you go with the new guy. It's kind of why, you know, I see the Pedro Grafol stuff. Like I just, like at this point, I would be surprised if that guy's the manager of the White Sox next year because I just, I, I just don't get it unless, you know, this whole thing is like some sham process where you hire Dayton Moore and Chris Getz stays and it's like the, the Royals thing, which you know, would, would be disheartening and unfortunate. I just, I just can't imagine that he's definitely safe under a new decision maker. It kind of seems like what they did with the Bulls. And I don't know if you remember, but you know, they hire Arturis Karnaschovas and then whatever, three weeks later, he hires Mark Eversley. And then, you know, Jim Boylan was kind of in limbo. It was like, Oh, Jim Boylan might stay or he might not stay. And then ultimately he was fired. They hired Billy Donovan. So, you know, I, I could see this being, something similar, but you have to leave some people around because you have to finish out this season. If you're the new person brought in, and I know you're not on the candidate list, but wouldn't that be amazing? But if you go in there, is one of the main things changing the way things work internally? It's not just what's going on on the field, but it's the scouting, it's the structure, it's the White Sox way. What is that? And and will we look at the person that gets hired and say, well, they came from this organization, so we're going to see them do it like that organization did it? Yeah, I mean, what like, what is Jerry going to let the guy do, right? I've always wrestled with this. Like, when their amateur scouting department's, pre- like, pretty good and, like, I think functional compared to the rest of the league. Like, it makes some sense, right? But they have the smallest analytics department in the league or close to it. They have a tiny R&D staff. Their pro scouting staff's not that big. Like, is, is that a Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams-like decision, or is that – Jerry cutting corners and not spending money there. Right. I think those are the kind of like little things where, you know, if you go interview for this, this job and you're like, well, I want to add a hundred people to the front office. Like, I mean, you know, is that a no go immediately or is this, you know, or or do you just kind of let the person do it? So I think those are like the little factors that I think are interesting. Like how much are you allowed to change this organization? Would, would, I guess is, is something that I'm going to look at going forward. And look, I, I mean, it's going to be 
it's going to be pretty quick, man. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, what, like early October, like we, we know who the person is. So, you know, I'm curious to see if we get a candidate list and who on the White Sox beat is, is, you know, who, who are going to be the people that unearth like these interviews and stuff like that. A lot of times it comes from national people. So, but Hey, you know, at least like we'll have something to talk about over the next month. The White Sox haven't been quite interesting enough, Chris, lately. No, no, this is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy this. This is an awful lot of great material, and we're going to have fun covering. I know you will over at Future Sacks, and I'm sure we will talk again really soon. James Fox from Future Sacks, uh, great to have him on. I'm telling you, he he was one of the first people that hit up my phone, and then he was like, I want to come on. Because you're excited, my friend, and I can tell. And it's weird to be excited over people losing their job, but trust me, they can still afford uh, paying the bills today. Uh, they're going to be fine. Uh, they made an awful lot of money. And to be honest with you, they, they kind of felt like they were never going to get removed. You could tell that in their comments. And today they found out they actually could be, which is incredible. Thanks so much, my friend. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Flight of dips. It could be the White Sox front office on a plane, or it's something you can... Snack on at Hailstorm Brewing Company, the official brewery of Socks in the Basement out in Tinley Park. Uh, it's a dip of each pimento cheese, guacamole, and sun-dried tomato and basil hummus served with pita, uh, uh, rich crackers, tortilla chips, all kinds of different things that you can dip with. It's just one of the, the little snacky things that they have there while you're hanging out at the brewery. They also have plenty for lunch. Uh, those wings, the smoked wings, are absolutely incredible. They're open at 11 a.m. now, Tuesday through Sunday for lunch over in Tinley Park at 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. An incredible lineup of beers. I just had the Key Lime uh, the other night over at Cork and Carry at the park because they have Hailstorm on tap. They've had them over there for a while now. And I, and I tried the new one. And, and at first I was thrown off because I didn't, I didn't expect it to taste that way. And then I found myself having like two or three of them. Because I, I was like, it was perfect on a hot night. Uh, check out everything they have to offer and uh, plan your next trip out to Hailstorm or make sure you pick them up when you're at the cork, hailstormbrewing.com. All right. Now, Ed, if that last line of the press release that says again, the White Sox will begin a search for a single decision maker to lead the baseball operations department, if that holds true and it's outside the organization, the fan base will say, the hard times are over. We'll accept this 2024 team. We'll give the new guy a chance because they're starved for something to hope for. And and here's the thing. The new guy that comes in is not married to any player, not married to any contract, not married to any bad decision. If Yoan Moncada makes $25 million and isn't the starting third baseman, it's not that guy's fault, right? And and that's that's going to be something really interesting to watch because Rick Hahn's mistakes are not the fault of the person coming in, but the thing that I love, single decision maker. How many times have we heard, well, we get together, me and Rick and Kenny and 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 Jerry, we all we all get together and it's a big like conversation that we have about what we should do when it comes to the manager, when it comes to, you know, what kind of trades we're gonna make. It's a it's a collaborative effort, right? Right. Is this is this Jerry Reinstorf admitting that doesn't work anymore? And if that's the fundamental change, that's what you should be most excited about. That the old man's going to sit in his office, walk down and rap on the door of the person that he hired, 
and say, how are we looking this year? And he goes, don't worry, Mr. Reinsdorf, I have a plan, and you're going to enjoy watching the game. And that's the only interaction they have with each other. And if that occurs, if you get somebody who walks in and that's the relationship between him and Jerry Reinsdorf, you could see the White Sox with what Jerry spends, even with the problems that he has where he, he's never had a $100 million contract, right? And he's, he, you know, his biggest deal is the Benintendi deal. And, and the way he won't go into these long-term things. If you get a general manager or a president of baseball operations, whatever his title is going to be, because this could be somebody who comes in and runs baseball operations and then puts a GM underneath them. That person picks who they're going to bring in as their GM. And you got like this brain trusses up at the top, but you know that it's a new direction, right? But whoever that is, that, that person just has to understand that Jerry Reinsdorf will spend enough money when he thinks that they're competitive to keep them in the top 10 in payroll. He has limitations, and that general manager has to operate within those limitations. That's the biggest problem that Rick Hahn and even Kenny Williams ever had, was the idea they thought they could go out and sign Manny Machado when the old man was never going to commit to $300 million. And so they had to try to they had to try to, to, to weasel a deal and go and get all of his relatives on the team, right? Because they had unrealistic expectations because they couldn't admit to themselves who the owner is. I want the new person in there to understand who the owner is. If they do, we're in great shape because a competent baseball operations person who can go out and build a roster, if they know this is where this guy's going to go, this is what the budget is, and this is what his tendency is, and this is what I can see over his 40-year history, and they work within those parameters building the team, and they turn around they focus on things like the core and scouting and changing the things that are internal within the team, we're going to do great. If for some reason it's Chris Getz, nothing changed. And, and I think you're, you're right about the collaboration thing. I think Kenny got fired because Kenny couldn't keep his hands out of it, and he's just as culpable. You know, when you hear that Kenny's the one to trade a Jake Berger away, and, and what a, I mean, really, honestly, what a, what a backlash that was, right, from Sox fans. That what, you know, we understand who Jake Eater is, you know, and he might be a great pitcher at some point, but... Now that those guys are gone, I'll say it. The Burgers never felt like they were wanted there. They never felt they were wanted there and that somebody up in that front office was trying to get rid of him and him hitting so well was bothering somebody whose plan didn't include Jake Berger. And then it came to fruition. And that's why when I tweeted it out, Ashlyn Berger was liking when I was saying that's what happened. Because right. th- that's what happened. But that's, that's what happens when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Maybe Rick Hahn like Jake Berger, but maybe Kenny Williams never liked him, right? Never liked him as a player, never never thought he was worth anything. And and you have those fundamental disagreements. Kenny either let Rick Hahn screw up and did nothing, and that's why he's gone, or he stuck his hands in there and screwed up as much as Rick Hahn did, and that's why he's gone. And either way, if there's a single decision maker put in place, you are going to be looking at something like when Theo Epstein came to the Cubs, brought in Jed Hoyer as the GM, you heard Theo was, was you know, this is what was going on, but Theo and Jed agreed on everything. They had the same vision for the team, top to bottom. It was absolutely the same way of doing things. Kenny Williams never liked prospects. Rick Hahn loves prospects. Those That's the odd couple. You're not going to get anywhere with that. And so, yeah, Jerry might be looking at it going, I need a singular vision for this team. I do need to walk down to to, to tell someone this is what your budget is. Make it work. And, you know, to your point about can that happen and should that happen, look at the rates, okay? 
they work within a budget every year. They compete every year. They don't win the World Series every year. But they go out and they get guys that have value that fit in their budget, right? Zach Eflin this past offseason, they needed a starting pitcher. He fit in their budget. They're going to get him. Aaron Savali, they traded for him at the deadline. He fits in their budget. They're going to go out and get him. When Randy Rosarina becomes way too expensive for him, Randy Rosarina will be sitting there in pinstripes, right? And and they'll have happy memories of him in a Rays uniform, but they'll have somebody backing him up. They'll have somebody coming up and taking his place because they're all about depth and everything. If, if the Rays can do it, somebody can do it for Jerry Reinsdorf. Somebody can do it with the White Sox. Now the question is, where is this person coming from? And do they have that kind of background? Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, fired. I, I can't believe that I can't believe it happened. Did did we hear I didn't see in the press in the press release, uh, did it say anything about them going into the sun? <laughs> no, I didn't see that they were fired into the sun. But in my mind, that's how it went. Fired into the sun. You're like a son to me. That's a bad pun. It's something that I never thought was going to happen. I, I believed Han was gonna go. I didn't think it was possible to pry Kenny Williams away after he had won a World Series. I felt like he had the job for life. I really did. And I'll be honest with you, a little bit of celebration over the fact that two guys got fired. I don't feel bad because, trust me, they got the money. They'll get up tomorrow and be able to pay the bills. And secondly, they were so arrogant. When we know we can't do it anymore, we'll step down. Well, guess what? Somebody else told you you couldn't do it anymore. Okay? Now you're gone. Play him off, Nancy. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.